Welcome to the Program Pod, a national award-winning program on the RCBC Podcast Network, which takes a deep dive into the programs offered at RCBC through different perspectives of students, faculty, and employers. Hello and welcome to the Program Pod, a now national award-winning program. We'll find out if it's actually the number one program, but still, to be here, back on the air, feels good here on the RCBC Podcast Network, where we take a RCBC program and do a deep dive from different perspectives within the program. And uh, today, for today's episode, first of all, I'm your host, Jay Varga. It's been a little while, so I got to get myself some muscle memory, getting myself back into the groove here. But on today's episode, we're checking in with my direct wheelhouse, entertainment technology. And joining me today, we have a pair of RCBC alum, my former radio crew, my friends that formed over at the Pemberton campus here at former Z89 radio station, and now both thriving in the NFL's reporters for SNY in New York with Connor Hughes covering the New York Jets and the New York Giants and NBC Sports Philadelphia, Dave Zangaro covering our NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Proud to have you guys on the show. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on the show here. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. I'm pumped. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, this should be fun. Yeah, it's like old, old times here. And also welcoming in the show, joining my other fellow colleague, Dr. Brooke Myatt, Entertainment Technologies Program Chair and Assistant Professor, Co-Chair for the RCBC's DEI Women's Subcommittee and host of the Baroness Podcasts and uh, a whole list of other things outside the organization. What is it that you don't do? Not much. I think I do pretty much a lot. Yes. Thanks for having me, Jay. You're you're welcome. And it's, again, finally, nice to have you on my show here. I know. I'm not asking the questions. It's very exciting. Yeah. You're doing your show and I'm usually engineering behind it. But now, again, flipping the script and something I said that uh, you know I used to be definitely fully a part of when I was teaching radio production. But uh, we'll get to that in a second as RCBC does embrace a student-first philosophy. So let's start right here with Connor and David. In fact, this was a show that I tried to record back in the fall before I took a break for the uh, welcoming of the birth of my daughter and everything was getting crazy, the height of football season. So their guys' schedule was just maddening. So we just had to shelf it for a little bit. Like, oh, we'll start out in February and March, kick off the season. Everything will be calm. And here we are. And nothing has changed, right? <laughs> right? So, Connor, yeah. let's, get, let's get to you, Connor, because you might have to bounce in the next five minutes with this whole Aaron Rodgers. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thing kind of going on, possibly being traded to the Jets. Uh, so how has the past month been for you, uh, you know, covering the, well, obviously the Giants, but the Jets and the Rodgers and your, your social life and all that stuff? Yeah, well, that's the thing, man, is I'm, I'm a little different from Dave because I know he's kind of used to playoff runs and Super Bowl runs and things <laughs> like that. And my entire career uh, up until August was obviously centered around being a beat writer for the Jets. So uh, I've kind of I, I've always been very accustomed to now being my super, super busy time, because when it was the Jets, right, the offseason was when there was hope and the offseason, <laughs> uh, the offseason was when there was optimism. And that's when, like, everyone got all excited. And then once they started playing games, and eventually losing a ton of games, that's when obviously everyone kind of forgot all about the Jets and stopped caring and the fan base checks out. So I'm used to this kind of being busy now, the free agency scene. Uh, but what we're obviously experiencing right now with Aaron Rodgers is something I have not really grown accustomed to at all. But what's kind of cool is like, uh, I was saying to this actually with a friend of mine the other day, is, is like I said, my entire career pretty much has been based around covering the Jets. And, and they've been a pretty bad football team throughout my entire tenure there. You know, they had a little glimmer of maybe a playoff thing in 2015, but then they lost week 17 and were eliminated. And now all of a sudden it's like, wow, they're going to get somebody who's considered a top five quarterback in the NFL. And they're going to go from borderline, just an aptitude punchline of the NFL to maybe a team that reaches some of the heights uh, that Dave is used to covering. So I, 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 look, I've been picking Dave's brain, I think since I was at RCBC. So 
Uh, I think if this actually goes the direction the Jets think they are, I might have to be asking Dave, you know, what's it like to cover the playoffs? What's it like to cover <laughs> a potential championship run? It's going to be totally new. Whole new world for me. Well, speaking of Dave, um, you know, so how's your offseason been since the Eagles actually went to the Super Bowl? I mean, did you even get to have one? I mean, it feels like we jumped right in from the Super Bowl right to uh, free agency. Yeah, there's no offseason anymore. It's it's pretty wild. There used to be like some time in February where it would be kind of dead and not anymore. I mean, with a 17-game season, uh, Super Bowl got over. I got home, and then like two weeks later, I was at the Combine. <laughs> Uh, and you're like thrown into the mix of like, all right, free agency is coming, the draft is coming, and you're still like trying to process the Super Bowl that just happened. So uh, it was a lot. And there's not really, uh, I used to like to try to take a trip in February. It was like my time to, to get away. And there's just, there's no time anymore. It's good though. It's always fun to have a busy off season. And like the Eagles, even though, you know, they've been pretty good, they're a busy team all the time. Like they're always in the mix of, free agency and trades and even with all money like they're always doing something which is good it's uh, it keeps people engaged throughout the year where some teams are kind of just good and boring the eagles are never boring which is fun yeah well i'm sure connor got a taste of that too when the eagles had to play the giants and uh i think, oh. I think the yeah. <laughs> how are the fans treating you when you're putting your uh, your predictions and stuff out there how was that experience dealing with eagles uh, i i will go down in the boat saying that i've always predicted the eagles to win i always True. said that now i i did think that it was gonna be a little bit closer than what it ended up being but the basis of that uh, was kind of always on the Eagles not really having to play a meaningful game in quite a while, right? I mean, they were pretty much in cruise control after they jumped out to that red-hot start, had the bye week. The Giants were not in cruise control. We're coming off the big win where I was like, you know, this might be an opportunity where the Eagles are a little sluggish. Giants can jump on them early, and maybe it's a game. Uh, turns out that there was no sluggish start from the Eagles, and, nope. and all we saw was the vast, vast talent discrepancy between those two teams. Uh, and it ended up being quite the uh, quite the shellacking. But I, I did get reintroduced, and because and, again, I grew up in South Jersey, so I'm pretty familiar with with Eagle fans. Uh, but obviously, I've been separated from that for a while. I don't live in that area anymore. So you know, when when some of those uh, clips I had done and preview clips I had done started spreading around the South Jersey area, uh, I, I got re reintroduced to the intensity and the passion that the uh, Eagle fans have for their teams. But it was hysterical because like a couple of the ones I generally stay away from mentions. But a couple of the times I, I clicked on some of the uh, some of the, the I think like Barstool grabbed it or someone else grabbed it. I clicked like to read what some people were saying. And what was hysterical was I saw some people I went to high school with like, no, he's not a bad guy. He's actually really nice. And I was like, oh, at least somebody's got my back in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a whole new experience when you incorporate the the Eagle side of which, again, Dave's. Dave's well versed in the the engagement there, but um, so actually, Connor, let's talk it back to your your backstory here because you yeah. said you're a local guy, right? You went to Seneca High School. Shout out to Tabernacle, yeah. my hometown as well, even though yeah, I, I was Shawnee. Uh, then you go, you know, right here through RCBC, and then successfully landing. You obviously, you went to Monmouth and such, but you successfully landing your job where you are now, not covering two teams in the number one sports market in mm -hmm. the country. How did you get there? You know, experiences along the way. Uh, yeah, share, let's give us your story. No, like it, in all seriousness, man, like I, I owe uh, a ton of my my career to RCBC. And a, a big reason for that is, is I mean, you know, G Jay, you knew me like right when I enrolled at RCBC. Yep. And like my number one goal of what I wanted in life was to be a play by play guy. You know, that's what I wanted was play by play broadcaster, play by play broadcaster. I wanted to be the next Bob Papa, the next Joe Buck, something like that. Um, I got into BCC, got involved, or RCBC, sorry, got involved with uh, okay. Z88.9, the, the radio station. 
and I started doing the play-by-play and color commentary, and it was a blast. I'm like, sweet, this is it. I did it in high school for LDTV. Now I'm here doing it in, in college. I'm going to transfer out. I'm going to keep going, and this is what I'm going to do with my career. And my first or second semester at, at RCBC, like you got to take your um, your prerequisites. So one of mine was a history class. And I don't even know if he's still a professor at RCBC. I don't know if he left or if he's retired or whatever, but his name was Robert Coble. And I remember within Coble, our history class, yeah. So within our history class, he broke us up into our majors. So I was a communication major. So I was with all the other communications people and there was psychology and sociology and, and educate all that stuff. Um, and then after he broke us up into our study groups, he went around every single kid and, and within their perspective fields, what do you want to do within that? So if you want to be a teacher specifically what te- how do you want to teach you want to go elementary great all that fun stuff so he gets to me communications big and i was like professor koval i want to be a play-by-play guy and he looked at me and goes you better learn to write and then immediately went on to the next kid and i was like oh he clearly didn't hear me because i just want i said i want to be a play-by-play guy and talk like i didn't say anything about writing what the hell is he talking about so uh, i went up to him after class and i was like you know professor like I, you drew me for a loop there what do you mean i need to learn how to write and he he offered me 10 points extra credit, I think I was, if I could go home that day uh, and find any play-by-play broadcaster that didn't have some form of a background in writing, whether it was for his college paper, when he first got out of college, media relations, you know, uh, media guides, all that fun stuff. And I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and history is not one of them. So I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, I could use that extra credit. Uh, went looking and, and what I found out was that Professor Koval was was spot on and I couldn't find one. And so the next day I went to the guidance out, guidance guidance counselor's office uh, and signed up for an intro to journalism class and a, a field that not once did I ever think I would get into in any way, shape or form ended up becoming a full blown passion of mine. And I just fell head over heels in love with writing. And I would take I was at the time, like I said, r- working for the radio station calling games. I would basically take the games that I was covering, go home and write stories on them and write game stories or featured articles or whatever. And then I would take it to my professor, Steve Royak, in, in intro to journalism. And after class, we'd tear them apart and then we'd build them back up and we'd tear them apart again and build them back up. And I'd write something else and we'd tear it apart. And I went from working with Professor Royak to suddenly sending emails out to people within the field, including Dave. Like Dave was one of the guys that I emailed some of my clips to like, hey, we kind of went to the same school. We're kind of from the same area. You know, I could use some advice. I'm just starting this. I'm trying to make up some ground, figure out what I'm doing. And Dave was awesome to this day. Uh, I, I, Dave, I told you this at the combine this year, I think about how I, I still do not write the word however, because you've ingrained that in my brain from like 10 plus years ago. <laughs> um, but like just one of those things. And, and my career sort of took off from there. So it went from writing stories in uh, Burlington, uh, like uh, RCBC's journalism class for the radio station to Professor Royak helped me get a uh, freelancing gig at the Burlington County Times, which coincidentally was also where Dave was for a minute or two. Uh, and then from there, it's just about climbing the ladder. So I went from Burlington County, uh, the Burlington County Times as a freelancer to part time for the Star Ledger covering high school sports. Uh, and then I, when I transferred into Monmouth, I started covering the Jets for About.com and the Journal Inquirer. Did that for two years, went to the USA Today Sports Media Group. Eventually, in 2016, I got my first full-time job at the Star Star Ledger covering the Jets as a beat and worked there for two years before spending five years at The Athletic. And then this past August was when SNY hired me uh, just to do, in in addition to still writing and and reporting and and features and and columns and all that stuff, uh, now I just do a lot more TV than I ever did before. Yeah, so 
Fantastic story right there. That's awesome. Yeah, Craig, try to try to speed it up because I know no. I'm, I'm very. <laughs> no, no. The, I, the talking never left no, me. So I'm a little bit long-winded. <laughs> I think you're great, and what I love about um, being here, it's my uh, starting off from uh, my undergrad was uh, my first internship was sports. So you guys are mm-hmm. are bringing me home because I haven't done sports since, um, and I knew that there wasn't my passion, but I knew nothing about sports and was thrown into it. Um, I worked for a company out in Westchester and we followed um, St. Joe's Hawks and did the Phil Martelli Hawk Talk show and I followed them to the NCAAs when Jameer Nelson was on the team and I did Temple Sports Now with Bobby Wallace and Inside Golf with Don Cannon and I did some of those shows on CN8 and things like that but you're bringing me me home to my roots with the sports talk so (laughs) and and kudos to you guys for um, you know coming on and and sharing your stories because um, you know like Jay said about we're putting our students first and and being able um to share the success stories that both of you had has been uh, really wonderful i came in right after you guys um graduated um we have an amazing uh entertainment technologies program here at rcbc mm-hmm. we have two um arms basically of our degree programs we have a video and digital media program which really focuses on um independent cinematography production um you know entertainment technology in the sense of video editing, video production, documentary filmmaking, TV production. Um, And then we also have the arm of the sound recording engineering, which is then focusing in on advanced music production, live sound reinforcement, producing, um, distribution. Um, and, And both of those arms really have a, um, have a, have a radio element, um, it's kind of morphed over the years from being more of that terrestrial radio, but, but to basically what we're doing today is podcasting. Um, and, um, it's really wonderful to see how, you know, you've grown through the ranks of, of, like you said about, it's all about the writing and, and teaching the students to write. And that's definitely, um, one of the main foundations of anything I think in this industry, whether you're going into filmmaking, when you're going into, um, you know, audio production or whether you're going into, you know, radio or podcasting and journalism. So, um, that's wonderful to hear that, you know, your stories. Yeah. It's like, well, I saw Connor cause Dave was kind of already on his way. Um, so I think when I was just starting to get more involved with the radio station. You know, I did stuff on the weekends, but I'll still work commercial radio for CBS and the Eagles sure. as well. Um, so I didn't really get more involved, kind of where my, I cut my teeth, right? And sure. I want to get back to the program because I've known it's spawned multiple success stories. And I can see Dave where he was kind of going off. And Connor kind of reminded me of me when I was starting to work my way up the ranks at CBS. And unfortunately, you know, when Stern left and the whole the CBS itself kind of just yes. really lost its identity, um, I took a chance to kind of come back to the radio station and get back to the roots. But I saw something in him and he kept asking me questions, even though we get in trouble because he wasn't supposed to be working with me at times because <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to teach him because he was he was definitely obviously the writer, right? Yeah. But, but I knew, especially in, in radio, you wanted to have a tight audio production. I kept telling him tighter, tighter, tighter and, yeah. and trying to develop yep. some of that stuff. But um, I think between the writing, I also tell my students too, I you know, um, acting class was always good too. Do you know how to enunciate and, and do stuff? But I say, but you yeah. need to be a writer as well. So it's good that Connor kind of backed that up because, yes. um, you know, you have to have that writing intensive courses. And I said, I know Rowan was very specific in writing intensive. Yes. It sucked, but it made me a better person because you want to sound, you know, educated while you're you know, basically when you're conversing on the radio, right? It's kind of conversing the way you're writing and stuff. And it's a little different. <laughs> oh, it's almost a similar because when you're on paper and you, sometimes you have a little bit, you know, you have, um, photography you had the photos and kind of capture a little bit there but really radio you have to kind of describe the scene 
right? And you don't you don't have yeah. that, and you can kind of do that in writing too. And I think those skills kind of yeah, and and you're without the visual. You know, a lot of times with some of this, you're without the visual, you know, attachment to yes. that. Yep. Um, and it's the way yeah. of the word and, and verbiage. And I and I tell this to my students, it's the way of the word, especially um, and how you say it, um, too. And, and pub, you know, and I'm sure it's it's that public speaking, it's journalism, yep. it's taking the English classes and 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 that all feeds in together. And a lot of students that are going into the more creative or the sports arena don't realize that those you know, those foundational classes that you, mm-hmm. you had talked about, Connor, they mean so much, but you, they don't realize it when you come, you're like, yeah. I got to take, it's not, it's not like the English. The, the, what are you talking about? I got to take English. You know, I just want to come in and make a film or I just want to, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's not the glamour. Yeah, exactly. No, it did completely glamorous. changed my career. I mean, literally I, I was going one direction and it was one random day in a history class with a professor that I didn't know beforehand that literally has completely shaped my life. So, I mean, what I do, I, I love love what I do for a living. I, I wouldn't change a, 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 a second or anything about it. And I wouldn't have this life or be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that class because it was never something I ever even thought of. Like and still, like being can... in this field in general, like I, I think it helps to be well-rounded as a person, like background too, because so much of it is like trying to connect with people, right? Like, uh, so if you have any kind of background in that area, and then like with the writing too, it's not just about putting words on paper. It's about structuring your thoughts and being able to express them. So mm-hmm. like that, that stuff transfers, whether you're writing or speaking, um, whether you're on a radio station or you're doing a podcast or you're on TV, like a lot of those fundamentals are the same. So uh, there's value in it, even if it's not necessarily like what you think you want to do, uh, it can still help out quite a bit. Well, and speaking of background too, because we didn't really get to touch base on your background, Dave. You know, I know it's similar to Connor uh, as well. You bounced around a little bit more than Connor, kind of staying in that New York market. You know, can you uh, tell us yeah, a little, a little bit about bit. your story? It's like uh, I was Connor five years before Connor. <laughs> in a lot of uh, yeah, no, I, I was. Uh, I, I did like him. I was. Uh, we. I did some color commentary uh, for high school football games. But while I was doing that, I started the freelance at the Burlington County Times. So I was kind of double dipping at that point. I was. Um, like doing the radio, but then writing freelance. And I did that for a while while I was still there. Uh, then right, right out of school, I, then I went to Rowan. Um, and then right after I graduated, uh, I had a couple part-time jobs, one at the BCT. So I actually did work there. And then I started at then Comcast Sportsnet. Um, and those, it was like two years where, man, I was like, I was so tired all the time. I was grinding because there was two part-time jobs that probably should have come out to like 45, 50 hours a week, but I was put in like at least 40 at both of them. Um, I did that for like two years. So uh, it was a lot and I would like work all day in Philly and then I would like bust it to get to like Riverside to cover a girls basketball game or something like that. And then like um, when I really started covering the NFL was actually in the lockout year in 2011, there were uh, a few of the Eagles players were working out in Marlton uh, at, at the municipal fields. So I just bugged my editor to let me go. And I went every day for that summer. And it was like, in the beginning, it was Michael Vick and Jeremy Macklin and LaShawn McCoy. And then by the end of it, it was Mike Kafka throwing to Jason Avant. And I was there every day and I just, I, I made it a point to be there every day. And then once the lockout ended and they were back at Lehigh, I went and I they didn't give me a hotel room. I had to drive to Lehigh every day and drive back 
Um, but then like I kept earning more reps covering the Eagles. So then I, I covered them kind of part-time for that year and then part of the next year and then got an opportunity in Houston uh, with then Comcast Sportsnet Houston. And uh, it was a short-lived adventure down there, two years, but that's when I really learned how to be on a beat and cover something um, every day. And uh, we had a crazy talented group down there. Uh, it was like me, James Palmer, Tiffany Blackman, who was at NFL Network, Steve Bunin, who was at ESPN, um, Sebastian Salazar, who was at ESPN. So we had just had like this great young and really talented staff and I learned so much. And then when that ended, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I moved home with my parents for a little bit. Uh, we all got laid off down there mm -hmm. and uh, like, I figured well, I'll, I'll try to do it again, but I don't know if it's going to work. I ended up working at the Courier Post for like six months and it was a great job. Uh, and then NBC Sports Philly, uh, I'd been like starting to do some freelance work with them. And then in 2015, they hired me full time again and I've been there ever since. So what was it it's different? Been fun. Like I, I enjoy the ride and like I'll, I'll do this as long as someone will let me do it. How's that market, uh, the sports market difference between Houston and Philly? Yeah, uh, my Engagement. first one of my first like few weeks in Houston, like in Philly, I think I'm generally like one of the nicer people in the media. Like it's just I, I think I'm a nice <laughs> person. Uh, down there, I was the jerk all of a sudden. It, it took some getting used to because they saw me as like brash East Coast, like getting all my questions in, kind of talking over people. But that's just what it is when you cover one of the bigger market teams. Like you just you kind of get into like fight mode in a way and you become really competitive and it wasn't like that down there. So I had to kind of temper it a little bit, but it was fun covering a team where there wasn't all that competition for a little while. And it allowed me to like see what this job is like in a different market. It made me appreciate Philly more. Honestly, it made me appreciate how much the people care and, and how much good content there is coming out of that locker room and out of that building. Um, it's tough at times. Like, Connor sees it like our, the Philly B crew is the biggest in the country. We'll yeah. go at the combine. What do we have? Like 12 people there. It's just, yeah. I remember at the senior bowl. That's where I remember all the group. You guys going to the senior it's bowl. massive <laughs> and it's, it's good for the fans. Like it gives them a ton of content, but uh, it makes it very competitive and it's sure. hard to stand out. So uh, I think that um, that makes everyone better who, who covers the Eagles. I'm surprised it's actually bigger than New York. I mean, I, mean, I know Philly. It, it, no, it's crazy, man. Cause it's like every out, I think there, there might technically be more outlets that, that cover the jets and the giants, but sure. I feel like every single Eagles outlet outlet has like two or three people that work for it. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a monster. I mean, it's in there. I remember um, the first Super Bowl the Eagles went to, like I was at the star ledger at the time and they sent me over to chip in on the Eagles coverage. And I walked in and I saw, I knew like Dave and I knew Elliot and guys like that. But like, I remember just seeing this massive amount of like a horde of reporters. And I was like, holy hell. And I said to Dave, I was like, man, they just, they, they must bring in everyone extra for the Super Bowl. And he's like, no, nah, this is pretty much just a normal Wednesday. Like it was, <laughs> it's wild. It really is crazy. Yeah. Now, uh, kind of touching based on what Dave was doing, because Dave said he was driving to Lehigh and yeah. doing everything else, always being a yes person, covering girls basketball. You got to start somewhere. Is, this, is that something you tell your students? I think we talked about this all yeah, the time. Like, say yes, say yes. Yes, and, and I love that you brought that up. And we actually, we just talked about this this morning. We had a, an, another RCBC alumnus talk about it, about being the go-getter, always saying yes taking the job, getting your feet wet, shadowing people, interning, whatever you need to do to get your, you know, get your skin in the game, basically. Like, you need to, 
you know, you said wear many hats, get, you know, take the writing job, take, you know, take the recording job, take anything you want. You have to get yourself out there. Um, you know, and one of the things I do tell my students this is because in our program, and I'm a huge advocate of experiential learning, of real world experience. I can teach you everything that you need to know, yes, in a classroom, right. but there's nothing you can learn from me about, like he's saying, walking into a room with 25 other reporters, trying to get an interview, trying to ask a question, knowing how to, you know, you know, being on the, the field and, and, and getting the interview or taking the best shot and getting the right shot and getting the good audio. But you have to learn that from somebody that's been there doing that. Um, and so one of the things I push is, you know, to go out there, get, you know, shadow somebody, go reach out, keep sending emails. Hey, like Connor said, I sent, you know, Dave an email. Hey, I'm local from your area. Like, can you give me any tips or tricks or help me out or whatever? Mm -hmm. That is what this industry is about, is about networking, getting your name out there, um, you know, and having that mentality of being able to go and get, get, get the job. Like, you know, he said, I didn't care how much it costs out of my pocket. I'm driving up to Lehigh. I'm going to do it for free. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to send it out. I'm going to do it. That's what you need. That like internal motivation to be able to be in this industry. I think if that's not something that you have, it's going to be difficult. You have to know how to, same thing. You have to know how to speak to somebody. You have to be able to network. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to do all those things. So I love it that they both connected themselves to that, that, that they were go-getters and they have that mentality. And you know, I think one you of know, the, I, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, Jay, even off of that, because I, I mean, I, I'm sure uh, Dave does this too. Like anytime you speak to a class, you speak to a high school class, a college class, or or you go into your DMs and you got college kids that are reaching out to you. Like so many of them take the stance of like, oh my God, I want to do what you do. I want to cover the Jets. How do I cut? Like, you know, for me, obviously I cover the Jets, the Giants. So I have mostly Jets and Giant fans to follow me as Dave has the Eagles. And they're all, yeah, how do I cover the Jets? How do I cover the Giants? And I, I tell them all the exact same thing. Like, that's not how it starts. Like you can't go into this saying, I want to cover X team. Like that's not really how you want to do it. Like, yeah, I was very fortunate that, um, you know, I've kind of, I, I didn't have to move as much as Dave did, but for me, it's like, you just have to take whatever opportunity is there and just continue to climb the ladder. I mean, I, when I was at the BCT, I was writing features on, on weightlifters, like high school weightlifters and fencers. And, and my first beat that I had, was track and field. Like I didn't know anything about track and field other than you run, but like I embraced <laughs> it and I owned it. And like through that was where I met Rube and like Ruben Frank was like, ended up being a big mentor for me and things like that. So there's all these little things like that you just have to keep. I mean, Dave, you probably did the same thing. Like when we were at the BCT, I remember covering like little league district baseball games over the summer. Like, yeah, I wanted to go on now my wife, but I wanted to go on a date with my, my girlfriend. I wanted to go out and party with my friends, but it was like, this is an opportunity to go out there and cover an eight-year-old baseball game, get quotes, write a game story, file it. And I just kept looking at it as opportunities that if, if someday I was going to be going for a job and you put Connor's resume next to player X's resume, like I can't control if that person's more sourced than me. I can't control if that person's a naturally more gifted writer than I am. I can't do all of that. But the one thing that I can control is outworking that person. And the one thing I promised myself when I wanted to get into this field and I wanted to cover professional sports for a living, which I knew where they were going to be tons and tons of other people that wanted to do it too, because it is an awesome job is that I needed to separate myself from whoever I was going to be competing for a job against. And the way that I saw or the opportunity and way that I saw to do that was just to outwork them. And that meant doing things that weren't that fun. Like I, I didn't drive to Lehigh, but 
the Giants had training camp at MetLife. And I remember when I had, I was covering high school sports, had the summer off. So I just found a website that didn't pay me, but they got me a credential. And it was just an opportunity to put my byline next to the big guys at the New York Post and the Daily News and the Star Ledger and grind and compete against them to learn from them in the field. And I drove up to East Rutherford from Medford, New Jersey, every other day, you know, to go to training camp. And it wasn't paid, but it was just an opportunity to grind and get better and work and compete against somebody else. And if I was competing against them, I was learning from them in the same way and eventually tried to start beating them. And then, you know, when opportunities came for a job, I, I was fortunate enough where, you know, you made enough inroads and you had enough of a, a resume and you had enough clips that I was able to, to, to compete uh, with the other people that were going for it. And they picked me over over the alternatives. I'm glad you brought that up too, Connor, because like, I think there are fewer opportunities in like some spaces, but there are other opportunities that have come up in other places. So like, I look at my path and your path and it's like local newspapers is tough. Like, they're, like even the ones that are left, like they're not going to pay you to go cover something, but there are all these websites now, like kind of like fan based websites, but mm -hmm. um, it's just like a different way to, to get that work. Um, and if you're like, look, I always say I was really fortunate to be able to do unpaid internships. I know not everyone's in that position, uh, but if you are in that position and you're able to like take advantage of those things like I was like, that's really how I got my start um, really with like a building connections in the business. Like I, I interned for CSN Philly in 2009 um, and I got, you just put in the work, like, you know, you're not getting paid, but um, I would like, I would be there all the time. They were in the World yep. Series that year, and I was there until like three in the morning, which I don't know the laws on all that, but I was just like not <laughs> leaving. I was like, I'm going to work all night and do whatever you guys need to do. And like, it leads to things if people see that you're putting in the work. Yep. And that was me, man. It was like, if I could, if I could do it for, if I could go toe to toe with the New York Daily News and the New York Post writing for bigblueinteractive.com, I felt like when the opportunity came, I, I didn't, it, if I proved myself there, and put out the same kind of production and in some case better production than the other guys, I felt that the other people that were going for it, that were in the farm system, that were covering high school sports at the time, I was like, you know what, no, here's, I, I've covered high school, I'm doing that, but also while I'm doing that, I'm also doing this. And if this is as good a quality that, like as this, where I'm, I'm calling people and trying to break news with Big Blue Interactive or about.com as my, uh, with my byline, imagine what I can do if you give me the power of a major publication. And it was just a, a grind and a commitment and eventually, you know, it does take someone taking a chance on you. And then once you get that opportunity, you get that chance, you have to make the most of it. As I wipe out my question of, so what advice would you like to give to aspiring reporters? That one yeah, goes there out, you go. Yeah. <laughs> that one goes right out the window because these guys are pros and take they it right are. there. But uh, well, and we yeah. offer internships here through your program too, correct? Yeah. Even I mean, what's been really great is we have a new experiential learning um, office here and I can't tell you how many people reach out to me on a daily basis, local production companies, um, recently a drone, a drone company um, that are looking for internships. So, so the need is out there. Um, and again, like they said that, you know, they were trying to do anything and everything to just get their name out there. It didn't matter what it was just to, to keep, to keep going, crafting, you know, crafting their passion, crafting what they're doing. Um, and I think um, one of the things that I pride myself on is the great connections that I have with the community. And that was both of them got their start, right? They're both talking about Burlington County Times and, and the, and the ledger and, you know, and that's a beautiful thing to 
connect with your community. And that's all what RCBC also has is that community connection. And, and that's great that these local production companies and people are reaching out and want to use our students um, and want to help support the students in the community. Um, so if anybody has a production company or is looking for internships, <laughs> please, please reach out um, to myself and I will put you in contact. And we have a great um, experiential learning and career services center that um, has handshake and, and we provide, you know, direct um, internships for our students. And that is something that I had in my undergraduate coursework that I brought here when I developed some new curriculum is that I put in mandatory internships into both arms of each program. So students cannot leave here with a two-year degree without having an internship because that is one of the most important pieces of the puzzle in this industry Absolutely. is to be able to get real-world experience. And I think that both of them can probably support me on this is that that real-world experience gets you networking, gets your name out there, gets you connections. And you never know where that connection is going to lead you. There's connections that I had when I in my undergrad that I still have to this day, that I still connect with to this day. And they will even though they're onto the sports arena and all those kinds of things, it's a small family in this industry that there's so many connections to so many people um, that every day you can make a connection with somebody who knows somebody. It's like that six degrees of separation in this industry. And I think you and I have also talked about that, that the experiential learning aspect and getting the students um, that real world connection and moving that classroom to career connection of what they've learned in the classroom and then now put it to real to real life is a huge thing for them. And I think that's one thing that a community college has over a lot of other um, schools in the area is that we have that close connection with the community and we can provide those connections to those students. Yeah, that was definitely one thing I harped on to my students a lot is to make sure, try to get, you know, find a place that you're really, you know, passionate about and maybe sure. get your foot in the door. But if not, somewhere kind of close to that just to get the sure. networking experience. Because I think yeah. the, the misperception a lot in this industry um, is that it's too big, right? There's too many people or whatever. But in the end, I think this industry is really still well connected and it's a lot totally. smaller than, you know, people uh, make it out to be. And you never know who knows who? somebody else, yeah. right? And, and you follow exactly. that lineage, uh, lineage there. Uh, you know, and I'm going to wrap this up in, uh, just a little bit because I know we're still on borrowed time. We're still waiting maybe for Aaron Rodgers to drop because I can see Connor kind of checking down and keeping, you know, his eyes split ways and everything else kind of going on in his background. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> The question I have for the, you know all three of you, really, though, was what do you think outside, because I think we can all take the easy way out, and I'm trying to make this as a facilitator and a question provider here, because mm -hmm. we can all take the easy way out and say in uh, newspaper, right? But what's been the biggest change, you think, in the field so far um, since you've become, or since you were students to where you are now in your careers, and maybe in the technology well, field? Yeah, I mean, well, for me, I, I think it's that you can't do one thing. I mean, that, that doesn't, I think Dave's, I mean, that's, it's funny. It's like the way our careers have gone. I mean, Dave, Dave's at uh, NBC sports Philly and then NBC sports Philly's New York sister station is SNY. So it's like we, we ended up at the same spots. He's just in Philly. I'm in New York, but where we both are, our jobs are very, very similar. And I think what's crazy is like you go back, back, you know, probably five, six, seven, ten 10 years ago, you would think like, Oh, I want to be a beat writer and what that means is you cover the team on a day-to-day -day basis or oh i want to be in radio and that means you're just on the radio. it's 
that's out. That's out. I mean, you you can't be a one trick pony. You have to do everything. I mean, you really, really do. Like my job now is I I I basically beat write and I report. I write columns. I write features. Then I go on television, both as a reporter, where I'm I'm answering questions as a reporter, but then they also bring me on as a personality where I'm debating and stuff. And then you also throw in the podcasting area, which I kind of put hand in hand with radio and doing radio hits and podcasting and things like that. Where like you have to be able to do everything. If you can only do one thing or you pigeonhole yourself into just one thing, you might be really, really damn good at that one thing, but you're not going to get picked over someone that can do five things pretty good. You know what I mean? So you really need to be able to make yourself as versatile as possible and be able to do so much because, yeah, I'm, I'm technically what an NFL reporter for SNY is what they call me, but within that little NFL reporter umbrella is like the million and one things that I do that are different every day. But I think Dave can probably touch upon this too. I love every second of that because it keeps you fresh. Like I never get bored of doing one thing because I'm doing so many different things, which is another one of the things that I love about my job is that I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm always feel like I'm on my toes. Like I'm always excited to do something because I feel like I'm always doing something different. Yeah. There's always like new things to conquer too, right? Like, uh, doing oh, yeah. TV and doing like a debate show or like you're answering questions is so different than like I've hosted shows, right? And you're yeah. reading like reading prompter is something I always thought like that's really easy. You're just reading as words scroll across the screen. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's really hard. And it's it's fun to like find those challenges, especially after you've been doing something for a while, like finding new things that are hard because you don't want to ever get like complacent. You don't want to ever think like I figured this out because then your work's probably going to suffer a little bit. So I, I find that stuff actually helps me stay on it a little bit better because there are part, certain parts of our job where, you know, you've been doing it for so long. You're like, I can kind of mail this in and like it's human nature to do that at times. But I, I think doing all those different things kind of keeps you sharp and it keeps you thinking about uh, growing either the company or your brand. And kind of piggybacking off of, uh, I know you mentioned like podcasts, Connor, which is like podcasts weren't a thing when I was in college. You yeah, know, they kind of were. Yeah. They were like kind of around, but like you have to be willing to embrace whichever direction it goes because you're probably not going to be able to steer it in a direction. Like the whole media markets and the, the whole way things change, it evolves. You just have to be willing to go with it and uh, find your place and um, carve out your niche there. And, and like podcasting has been really fun for me it's like a new medium to, to do it because like you end up um, our podcast has done really well because it's, it's like a community and the people feel like they know you. Um, and it's, it's something that I never even thought about like wanting to do, but it's one of the things I enjoy about my job most. And I think they, they both kind of <laughs> took my answer, but I'll just kind of phrase it into one word is, or two words is, is lifelong learning. You, you can mm -hmm. never stop learning. Like, you know, they said about, you know, the morphing of the technology and the accessibility and the change of that. And, you know, and exactly what Dave was saying about podcasting, you know, Jay did an, a fabulous job with our radio station and our radio production course here. And then when I, we kind of changed up the curriculum because we have to change with this times so and we have to keep moving forward and we have to keep learning new, new tips and tricks and tools of the trade and morphing that curriculum into, yes, there is the golden age of radio and terrestrial radio and all that kind of stuff. But now podcasting and internet radio is the new thing. And that's why we're here at this platform today. Exactly. Talking about this mm -hmm. and, and being able to enhance the curriculum and move the curriculum forward. Um, 
you know, that's what you have to kind of do. And it's the same in education too, right? So morphing the radio production class to online and utilizing elements uh, for tools online and bringing podcasting to the forefront um, here at RCBC was one of those things and all leading into being that lifelong learner, you know, I'm always learning new things every day. Students come in and start telling me about this app and this program and this is what they do. And, you know, wow, I never heard about this. Let's go and 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 look through that. You know, now we, we're doing a lot more mobile journalism that hasn't been done before and using our cell phones instead of using, you know, cinema cameras and, you know, just being able to change up and morph into the, you know, what is the now and having that access and bringing that to the students that's something that i think here at rcbc we pride ourselves on and they hit the the, and they said it great that it's you you always have to be a lifelong learner that you're always learning something new you always have to be that jack of all trades and kind of making sure that you're you know getting exposure to every element of production whether that's like he said in front of the camera behind the camera and having that exposure really makes you Mm -hmm. that well-rounded person that can you know fit into sports can fit into documentary can fit into all those areas of production yeah i think like myself being a lifelong learner as we shifted the the radio format into the podcast network same thing technology can be you know a little overwhelming at times when it it keeps changing because you got to stay with the times but also it'd be exciting because you look at some of the technology i'm using now like this podcast machine versus you know what i was trying to do a podcast for cbs back then it was like a whole room to do (laughs) oh so you know all the banks and stuff i basically have like a little console in a little box and it's just unbelievable you're you're constantly having to adapt um and that's what makes you you know stand out and i think it's another thing i always stressed on when i was teaching my students is just you know try to learn as much as you can especially now with the with social media and engagement there's jobs out there for being um you know that uh, creative content and you and and, and video content, knowing background video. analytics uh you know little 30 second you know teasers and and knowing the audience for online i mean you know that wasn't around when i was yep. in school so that's a whole nother element to for them to connect and for jobs and and content creation and being creative and producing that kind of content mm-hmm. and i'm sure both of those gentlemen have seen that too changing in the sports world too yeah i'm, I'm actually trying oh, yeah. to teach myself now some more video content based stuff because we're trying to implore that yeah, here a little bit sure. you know but i also yeah. i said i want to grow my my continued resume i want to especially with my daughter getting uh when she starts to get older you know what i mean yeah. like that i don't mean the old guy yep. fumbling around like i don't know how to press this little button yeah. you know <laughs> they're gonna teach me how to, you're gonna she's gonna be like oh dad let me do it yeah. yeah yeah so speaking of and i said we can wrap yeah. it up pretty quickly here um so again i started working on like a newer segment for the show because okay. i try to bring that radio personality out from what i was doing you know my actual radio stuff and podcasts can sometimes be a little on the if you're doing education sometimes it's not as maybe hip and, and entertaining as it can be at times Trendy. and you try to yeah and you know and get that commercial broadcasting so you got to work in a bit right and or segments and stuff so i started working in some dad jokes and now because i was practicing before my baby girl got here okay. and now it's here you know and You're i try officially now yes i'm officially officially official. a dad so okay. uh and it's crazy and i'm trying to still get my brain back together and sleep uh, deprivation is a real thing Let's but sleep uh, yeah, exactly. So the question to everybody is I work on some stuff. I usually try to keep it themed towards the program itself, but um, some of them are a little not as maybe that funny to me, I guess. So, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. First one. What animal is best at hitting a baseball? Oh, my. I don't know what. 
What? A bat. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like it. All right. Okay. So that one, that we can file that one away for her later. All right. Why did the farmer think he could be a music producer? I don't know. Tractor, something with track. I don't know. Close. No, trying. Somewhat. Dave's just not even answering. He's okay. just like, I'm out. Um, he had a ton of beats. Oh, I like that. That's yes. a good one, too. Okay. All I like right. that one, too. All right. Now, these ones probably might crash and burn, but we'll wrap it up real quick. Um, what did the triangle say to the circle? What? You're pointless. Oh, <laughs> I like these. I gotta, I gotta write these down. We got ours on our way too. And I this gotta, one, this one was actually more of an inside joke. But you know, I'm still talk to Connor and Dave, but especially Connor a lot because we're stuck in this one circle. Sometimes we can't get out of with our other friend Ricky, which Dave's very close friends with. But I think this is more of our, our friend Ricky's uh, okay. kind of question, though. But Oof. what? <laughs> so tired. Oh, Connor's no, already, I'm already, already sighing. Uh, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't work? A frisbee. What? <laughs> Not a bad guess. <laughs> a stick. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I like it. yeah. All right. All right. So, wait. I have one. I can't okay. wait till oh, next oh, yes, month. Yes, more yes, dad now, jokes. Okay. Here we come. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, what did the uh, the fish say when he swam into a wall? What? What? Damn. <laughs> 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 New show. RCBC podcasts. Puns and dad jokes. Oh my god! I like it. All right, kids. Um, you know, I'm gonna let you go because again, Connor, especially. Well, obviously, both you. I'm not to discredit you as well, but I think we we made it through, so I'm happy. Yeah, I'm glad we made it through. Like I said, we were supposed to. I was supposed. We were supposed to do this in person, and I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like this could happen at any moment. I'm like, yeah, I'm basically like hostage right now. He's telling me he's trying to do a golf tournament. He's got a suit in his car in case he's got to go do a live hit. So, and that's the stuff. That's the. Be careful with the suit in the car, Connor. I once had a sport coat that I was. I had hung up. And the sun through the window faded one of my. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, oh my be careful with that. <laughs> Things you wouldn't even I think nev- about. Wow, I never even think that would be possible. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you. Yeah, well, Don't leave it in there too long. Later, the more you know. So things about looking into getting reporting. One of the tips is definitely don't leave your suit in the car. Good <laughs> expect that one. All right. Uh, anything you guys want to say to again, maybe some students out there looking to get into? I think you kind of talk touch base on it a little bit, but one final kind of thought from the both of you. Uh, I think we touched upon a lot of it, but I mean, if, if they ever want to talk more specifically, I mean, Jay, they, you have my contact information, so feel free to pass it along to them. They just have to reach out to you. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I, look, I, I, we're all, Dave would say the same thing, that you know, we're, all, we're all still trying to grow. We're all starting to establish ourselves in this field and, and keep trying to get better and better. But I know that you know, there's still a lot more that I, I hope I can accomplish in this thing. But, but where I am now, I'm not here now if it wasn't for those experiences rcbc and then when i went on to monmouth and, and you know i owe a lot to that school uh and and certainly you know the, the the path to get there is is one that's now been traveled a little bit you know when i was in school dave was the one that that was always the one that was kind of being like wow look he did it like he made it like wow he's covering the nfl i want to do that too and he was somebody to follow and and now you know you got a couple more to follow so it's it's uh it really is something out there yeah, I'll, I'll look at one like specific thing. Uh, we were talking about internships earlier, and I think that's a really good point that like there are a lot of professions that you can get into where you really focus on school and your hours during the, the school session or your classes and the homework. And, and that's you can just do that and you can be really successful in whatever field you go into. This is not one of those. I mean, this this field takes extra effort if you're going to be successful. And I, I think that um that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because if you're a self-starter and you have the ambition to do it, you have a leg up. 
it's a bad thing if you want to skate by and not do those things. It's going to be really tough. So I think for anyone who wants to get into this business, it's really important to know and to be honest with yourself about the level of commitment uh, you're willing to give. I just want to piggyback on both of those things. Um, I totally agree with both. You have to be a go-getter. You have to, you know, you you want to follow your passion, which both of these gentlemen did. Um, and if you want more uh, you know, education and support and foundational skills and knowledge. Uh, RCBC is where it's at. These these gentlemen both suggested that. So um, if you're interested in coming to RCBC and taking a one-off course or following a degree program um, or kind of getting a refresher, uh, please come to RCBC, our Entertainment Technologies program. Again, we have an AAS in Entertainment Technologies Video and Digital Media, and we also have an AAS program in Sound Recording Engineering. Um, both of those have a, our radio production course, our internship course, um, entertainment law, and then all of our specialized courses. And, you know, our faculty and staff are amazing. They're real world instructors. Um, and I, I pride myself on getting amazing instructors that are working out in the industry. Um, and we'd love to have you. We'd love to see you here in person. So thank you so much for having me. Yes. Well, thank you all for coming on to the show, spending your time with me for the first show out from being a dad now. So hopefully get the program pod off and running each and every month where we take a little, you know, dive into this perspective programs here at RCBC. But again, it's going to do it for this episode here of the program pod and hope you enjoyed today's show as I want to thanks uh, our guests here again today. SNY's Connor Hughes, NBC Sports Philadelphia, Dave Zangaro. Actually, guys, can you say where you are, uh, where people go to follow you on Twitter? Well, all that good stuff. A little plug. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DZangaro NBCS, and all my content is uh, on our website, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Connor. And I am at Connor underscore J underscore Hughes. You can find me, I think, at everywhere that's Instagram and Twitter. And then for my uh, other stuff, like written stuff, SNY.TV. Awesome. awesome. Well, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers didn't get traded in the middle of this, so we got to get heavy yeah, yeah, for the yeah, entire yeah, show. So now you get it. to continue yeah. on with, with all of that. I can let you guys go, but also Dr. Brooke Myatt, Entertainment Technologies Program Chair and Assistant Professor here, as well as Co-Chair for RCBC's DI or DEI Women's Subcommittee and host of the Baroness Podcast, which I almost forgot to promote there. The Baroness Podcast yes. is about what? The Baroness Podcast is about empowering women in Burlington County, and we would love for you to listen in. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, I pushed some buttons. I'm getting my, my muscle memory back down here. So It's all right. It's all right. We'll be there. We'll be recording one of them uh, very shortly, actually. So, yes. again, once again, I'm Jay Varga, and I want, if you want to learn more about RCBC's programs, you can visit rcbc.edu. And for other RCBC podcasts we have to offer, including the Baroness Podcast, highlighting powerful women in Burlington County, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast. Also, be sure to subscribe to the program pod on any platform wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, thanks for listening. Gentlemen, have a good time. All right. Yeah. All right. See Connor's on his phone right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Take care.